Hey everybody, this is Patty. Welcome to the Witching Hour. I have one of my favorite people in the world on today, author, psychic medium, paranormal investigator, the one and only Tim Shaw. You are gonna love him. But before I bring on Tim, where's Patty? Yep, because this is the only time of the week I can actually know where I am. If you are listening or watching this on the week we first drop, which is the week of Monday, November 20th. So happy Thanksgiving, happy Indigenous People Day. However you celebrate, keep Thanksgiving for whatever you are thankful for in your life. If you are listening to this now, I am probably on a plane coming home from Dallas, Texas. I just did a weekend um, at Miracles of Joy in Louisville. I go there a couple times a year to a whole witchy magical weekend. So I'm sure it went fabulous since I'm taping it the day I'm leaving for there. Um, if you are here too, Tuesday, tomorrow night, or whenever you're watching it, I am doing a class on channeling with your spirit guides for my school, University Magicus. Check it out. It's on Zoom. It's crazy affordable. Universitymagicus.com or magicu.org. Let's talk to your spirit guides. And on Wednesday, please, please join me on the Witches Movie Coven, where witches talk about witches in witchy movies. We talk, we argue, we disagree every time, and we want your opinion too. So that's on YouTube and social media. We have our own pages now, The Witches Movie Coven. So check that out. Thursday, I'm going to be eating turkey in Fresno. I still eat turkey, but I bless it all the way. Um, and my next and last trip of the year is back to Texas. I'm going to be doing a haunting holiday haunting at the Old Park Hotel with my friend and partner in Paraflix, Natalie Jones. You guys can come. There's a few tickets left. It's a crazy, fabulously haunted place, and it's perfect for a holiday haunting. So why not for your Yule, Hanukkah, Christmas gifts, give yourself an experience or for someone else. Come come talk to spirits with Natalie and I. You can find that on both of our pages or on the Paraflix page, Old Park Hotel on December 9th. And that's it. Make sure you go to Mystery Control. Remember, code PATTY, P-A-T-T-I, to get 25% off my Power Panties, my Spillcaster line, which is Movie Coven, the University Magicus, practically giving them away. Sign up for my newsletter on pattynegri.com. Get my book if you don't have it. Follow me on social media. And more than that, just have a really great day. Hey everybody, guess what time it is? Yep, it is time for the Willow Report. And this week's Willow Report is a Hollywood report because I'm giving a report card on Willows on a TV set. Yep, this week I happened to be filming a TV pilot and we were filming at my house. Never sure about this girl. She's not really a Hollywood girl. We're working on it. And I'm thinking, oh boy, a whole crew here and doing things and being quiet. She was perfect. Absolutely perfect. Everybody loved her. Everybody pet her for hours and hours. She discovered what craft service is. That's the snacks. And uh, I was so proud of my little girl. She was so good almost like her predecessor, Dora. Next time, we'll actually get her to look at the camera, which she almost is doing today. Again, it's a new day in Hollywood with the willow. Now, dogs have been doing films and cats for a long, long time. Um, and here's a couple of really fun facts, since that's my new thing, is fun facts. Do you know that gender fluidity has been in the dog world forever? Yep, yep. Boys play girls, girls play boys. You know that Toto is a girl dog? And that Lassie is a boy dog. Yep. So I love it. They were ahead of the curve on this one. Also, when dogs are in films, whether trained or how trained, sometimes you might be seeing double or triple or many, many times over. A movie I was involved with is called Wiener Dog Nationals and then the sequel Wiener Dogs Internationals. There was one star dog two dogs played that dog because one dog was better at this and one dog was better at that. Literally, the makeup artists are making sure that they look exactly the same. And that's actual regular practice. There was a movie called My Dog Skip where six dogs played Skip. But I think the winner in this one, the member of the movie Marley and Me about a Labrador, 22 dogs played Marley. So 
That's a lot on the IMDb list, which is the movie database. Anyway, that's my Hollywood report. Animals, actors, they're great. Willow, look in the camera. Actually, no, she's giving up on it. Well, we almost made it. There's the yawn. Can't go away without that. Love your babies. Have a good one. Going to sleep now. Hey, everybody. For this week's magic lesson, we're going to talk just a little bit about the three types of familiars we have, like the animal familiars. Um, everybody oh, hears the word, oh, familiar, like, oh, the witch's cat or the black cat. They can be any color. And actually, not all witches have cats for familiars, and not all familiars are cats. There's actually three different kinds of familiars. There is the physical familiar, and that is the often a cat. Um, sometimes it's an owl, the Harry Potter. Sometimes it could be a dog. Sometimes it could be somebody's snake. What physical familiars are, are real living animals who actually help you navigate the magical world. You might be a magical person and you might have a very in-tune cat, but they may not be your familiar. A familiar goes a little bit deeper, literally helps you navigate, always shows up when you're doing ritual work or spell casting or a circle with your friends that whatever that animal is, if they can just shows up there, they want to be a part of it. They see spirits really clearly, even more than regular dogs. That is your physical familiar. And again, they are helpers through. The second kind of familiar is your spirit familiar. And those are more like when you like the Native American, like the totem, wolf medicine, coyote medicine, owl, the great bear, I work with wolf, all those different things. And that's the attributes. Those animals can come into your life as forever, and we could have several, or they can kind of come and go as needed. Literally think of your totem, like all of a sudden, if wombats are in your, wombats are in my life, wombats are in your life a lot, kind of look up, what does the wombat medicine mean to you? It's either something that's kind of really explaining who you are and what you're developing, or often what you are needing right then. Like coyote, all of a sudden coyote is showing up, that thought, you're having dreams with coyote, seeing pictures. Maybe you need that trickster, the trickster magic and of what coyote is or the strength of wolf. So that is the second kind, the spirit. And the third kind of familiar is a created familiar. And those are the ones that we actually create ourselves. Like again, in traditional British craft, instead of putting their their familiar, inviting their familiar into their cat or dog, because cats don't always listen. They put it into a skull, not a living skull. It doesn't have to be a living skull. It could be a crystal skull. It could be a formed plastic skull because it has eyes and ears and you could talk to it. I have one called Oscar and there is a real spirit and he helps navigate from the spirit world, not physical. My favorite one though is the dragon. Most of you who know me know I am a dragon girl. I think a created spirit of dragon is what everybody needs in this modern time because dragons, whether you believe they're fire-breathing animals or not, doesn't matter. The spirit of dragon is magic because they can fly between heaven and earth, which means they live at the crossroads. And those of you who know magic know the crossroads is where magic happens. So my favorite kind of created spirit is a dragon. Now, these are these famous, like less than a dollar dragons that I have all over the world with very important people sitting next to their bed or on their altar or next to their computer so they remember. So I'm going to just do a real quick how to create your own spirit dragon or my method of doing so, because then it's really going to be a worker bee for you, different than a spirit guide, different from your familiar, this, a dragons will go out and do things for you as you need them. So get yourself a dragon. Again, it could be a fancy, beautiful crystal one or a statue one. I'm lately, I'm really excited by, they're making 3D little dragons and they wiggle and they're cute and they're great. So it could be cute. It could be beautiful. It could be spooky, whatever you want. So get yourself your dragon. Um, you're going to give it a name. He, she, it, gender fluid, whatever you want. I'm going to go with puff. Puff the magic dragon. You want to give your dragon a job. 
I like personal assistant in my experience, who doesn't need one for one, but then they could also do something different every day. Now, some people want to have a few dragons. This is my health dragon. This is my money dragon. You know, this is my career, whatever that is. But honestly, one dragon can do everything if it's your personal assistant. So you're going to give it a name. You're Puff. You're my personal assistant. You give me a long, happy life filled with travel and adventure, which is what I say all the time. I do believe, since you are creating a spirit, to give it an end date. Like, not until the end of the world, because... I don't know, in a million years, you might be somebody else or want something else or be reincarnated or moved on to the pearly gates. So I say until I don't want you anymore, or until I don't need you anymore, or until I pass from this life. And then one day if I go, I'm so tired of dragons and getting everything I want, and you throw it in the door, your dragon doesn't die in the door, it just dissipates back into the ethers, back into the, the world of everything. So puff the magic dragon. And then what you're going to do, as in every great creation story, is you're going to breathe life into your dragon, mouth to mouth. Because remember, your breath is your life force. It's your pneuma. The moisture in your breath is your free will. So you're going to charge puff. Breathe life into Puff. Now, I would do something to charge it, like do a little chant. Here now, here now, you're my dragon on the ground. Or something, or a ma chant, or drumming, or just big old scream, so might it be. But now you got a dragon. Now, what you have to do to your dragon is feed it. They don't eat, but they drink. And they drink a lot. The lid off a little water bottle works great. The lid off an old oil bottle works great. Uh, the lid off this bubbles would work. You set it right underneath them, upside down, fill it up with water, whiskey, vodka, whatever. It'll let you know what it wants or you chose. It works for you. Then every day or whenever you want something, you have to tell your dragon, good morning, dragon. I have a headache today. Make it go away. Good morning, dragon. I'm getting kind of broke here. I need a, I need a raise or I need a money opportunity, something like, hey, dragon, I'm lonely. Have somebody call me for lunch. They go out and do it because they're worker bees. It's beautiful. That is their job and that is what they are created to do. They're different. They're not like a spirit guide. Like I said, like one girl, I saw it stopped a bad relationship. She was stuck in this relationship issue said she was, and this horrible thing happened. Nothing she could do or say made it happen. She charged her dragon. She took it home and that horrible thing happened the next day. And then she realized she had not told her dragon she didn't like that. It's a worker bee. It's, it's never happened again. My most magical and funny, funny one is the LA Dodgers. A couple years back, several years back now, the LA Dodgers were winning like a million games in a row. And then Sports Illustrated Magazine did a special on the best team ever. And then they tanked and they million, they lost a million games in a row. And the Dodgers were like, cause they use the word superstitious over spiritual. They said, it's the curse. It's the Sports Illustrated curse. Oh no. What are we going to do? So they called me and we did my lemon on crossing spell. That's in my book as well. We brought them a blue dragon. We charged it a little plastic dragon. We charged the blue dragon. We chanted into it. We danced. And the Dodgers won, 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 and made the playoffs. Dragons work. As big as you allow them to be, they will be. The size, my dragon fits into this, but he's the size of the planet. The most special one is like if you travel, you could take it with you. Nobody knows. It's a little toy. You could leave it at home and say, you're not going to eat this week. We're on vacation. It's not going to starve. It's more like lighting a candle in church or temple. It's, it's fine. You're not going to eat this week, but protect the house. This one girl said she left her dragon at home, said, take care of my husband and the kids. Take care of me and my girlfriends on a girl's weekend. She went on a girl's weekend. It was going great. First day, great. Second day, second day of a concert. She grabbed her two girlfriends and she said, my dragon said we have to leave now. And everybody's like, are you crazy? Whoever's on stage, we paid a lot for these tickets. You have a dragon. She drugged them out. Seconds later, that horrible massacre at Mandalay Bay happened right where they were standing. She said her dragon saved her. Her dragon had a physical voice, leave now. So she drugged her girlfriends out. So your dragon might have an outside voice. Or it might have an inside voice, like when we work our mediumship, hmm, I think I should turn left here, but get yourself a dragon, best personal assistant you could ever have. They are magical and they bridge the worlds between the heavens and the earth. That's one familiar. So your cat, your owl, your dragon, go out and make magic. This week, 
I have to tell you, I have one of my favorite people on the entire planet here with us, the one and only Tim Shaw. He is a psychic medium. He is a paranormal investigator, an author, a filmmaker. He collects haunted things, a media personality, and truly one of the most magical, well, guys I have ever met. Welcome to the show, Tim. Thank you, Patty. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled that you asked me on. You know what? Yeah. I, you know, we really bonded in, in, in the Detroit terminal. Patty and I, bathroom. For, for, yeah, believe it or not, for, for those of you that don't know, Patty and I spent a sordid 28 hours in the Detroit terminal this, uh, this past August when tornadoes hit. So you can never get that close to anybody except in emergencies. And besides, Patty. In emergencies, it was great. Everybody who worked at the airport left us. There was no hotels. We're stuck in a big empty airport and the tornado's hitting down. I had never been in a tornado in my life. And it was like evacuate and the, if to tunnels, there's no tunnels. So we all went into the ladies' room, you, me, Johnny Zaffis. We found wheelchairs to to like be dead corpses in. It was <laughs> it was perfect. It was, it was listen, it was it perfect. Was perfect. It, it you know, it's one of those it's one of those stories that you get to tell people and they just go, What? 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 Yeah. I said, you know, listen, listen, a psychic. A witch and a demonologist get stuck in the terminal one day during the tornado. Sounds like the world's the world's worst joke, but it was the truth. But it was great. It, it was the truth, and it was freezing. And one oh, yeah. like airport employee before they left gave us these little thin blue blankets. So again, those seats that you can't lay down in. So we brought these little wheelchairs in, and we covered ourselves. We looked like corpses. We did. We did that one photo that that one lady took of us. It looked like a morgue. Yeah. It looked like a morgue. Everybody was just covered every over our heads. And, and, and yeah, by the way, that the, those little, I still have my little blue blanket. It's going in my case of memories. I'm just going to let you right, know. I still have it. We stole the blue blanket. The infamous blanket. So yeah, we've done, I, that you're my only person I've done that with you. You are the only person I have been inside the world's largest planchette. Yes, that's and, right. It was very fun. So, so if everybody doesn't know you, you've been in this industry forever. You were kind of born and raised in the magical, mystical mm -hmm. Lilydale. So were you just kind of born into that for those who don't know your. Basically. History? Yeah. Because I, you know, it, it's funny because the religion of spiritualism has been in my family since the 1880s. He always, you know, his family, I think they were, no, they were Anglican. Basically my mom's family was Christian. Like, but the, my father's side always had a very strong belief in, you know, the spiritualist religion and all that. And they had a, they had a healthy respect for it where my mother's side really wasn't. So I was brought up Roman Catholic, but we got a chance to visit relatives down in Lilydale like during the summer. And that was like phenomenal. Oh my God. And well, I used to get in a lot of trouble down there during what they call the season when it's open and tourists come down there and they get readings and they take classes and stuff. We used to get in all sorts of trouble. So they enrolled us in Sunday school, which is called Lyceum. And from there, I just, it just flourished within me. I mean, I, I got a chance, uh, spirit, or I should say children's seances, which are a little different. I mean, you're done during the day and, and it's kind of, they do it to go and teach you not to be afraid of physical phenomena and stuff that goes on. And as you know, as well as I do, I mean, phenomena happens. You can, seances don't have to be in the dark. But I got a chance to go and really learn about all the, the pioneers of spiritualism. And of course, spiritualism started here in Western, really Western New York. And it's, it's probably about an hour and 15 minute drive to the Fox family uh, foundations where the house was, where all of this, you know, the spirits had come down to uh, talk with the Fox sisters. And so it's really seeped in so much history and, and ingrained in me. And I, I, we're talking, I was probably nine or 10 years old when I really got my first taste of it. And I got a chance to see all the old timers. Oh my God, these guys were, these people were great. And, you know, it just stuck. And I've always had this fascination with it. And I just never, I, I, I never turned it off. And you know what my favorite all-time TV show is, still is to this day, Patty? What? Kolchak the Night Stalker. I never thought in a million years that I would be a real life Kolchak the Night Stalker. I mean, I'm I still to this day, I'm that. just like, it's like childlike wonder. But I'm 66 and I just laugh about it constantly because it's like, oh my God, I, I've become that, I'd be, I've become that character. <laughs> oh my God. I love that. 
Yeah. And again, I've, I can't believe I haven't been to Lilydale or I, and cause I've always been just mm-hmm. so fascinated by it. And you again, saved me. You saved me today, actually, but you saved me last year yeah. when I was, I knew I was doing a seance and I was doing, I mean, all of a sudden I'm advertised that I am table tipping at Vulture City. I'm like, I, I don't table tip. My table weighs 700 pounds in my dining room. I've never even attempted it. Who do you call? Tim Shaw. He's like, you've got this, do this, do this, feel the ectoplasm. And it works. So again, bathrooms, table tipping, last minute. You never, you listen, you never know where I'm going to show up next. I think that's, like, I think that's the funny part of it. But that's what, the, you know what, that's, that's all part of like reliving the childlike wonderment of what we do. And, you know, if that's, if anything is really magical, anything is really magical, Patty, it's that never losing that childlike wonderment. And when you have that curiosity and when you have, you know, you see that magic is real, not just like spell magic and that, but magic is all around us. And we live in magic, you know, in a magic, we live magical lives if we allow it. That to me is so fulfilling. And, you know, I retired, oh, what, probably seven, eight years ago. And I took an early retirement after 30 some years. But the idea was, as I always said, I'm going to, I'm going to live that magical life and I'm going to live my passion. And my passion has always been magic and, and meeting magical people and, and searching out these, these, these mysteries and curiosities. And, and, you know, one thing led to another and, our paths crossed and it was like, oh my God, because I got a chance to go and actually Patty Bakery. I always, I, you know, I was like, cause I was a, I remember when I first met you in the airport, I was like a fanboy going, oh my God, Patty Bakery. Mutual admiration society. I did the same with you. The Timothy Shaw, the Reverend Timothy Shaw. Well, again, we have so much in common. We're both yes. Ouija collectors. We, you have a lot more haunted things than I do. I don't, you've got a whole haunted collection and museum so how did you can, can you see uh, can you see part of my collection behind me i, I see they're moving around in the but that, that is how did you go there i mean i understand the spiritualist and the being the medium and seances but the paranormal world we both live in is slightly a little left of that a little left of center how did that happen for you becoming a paranormal investigator and haunted things you know what it was i hate to call them blue hairs because they're all my age back way back then, you know, all these older ladies and stuff. Well, they were always looking for talent and I'll just go talent. people that were really, I won't say good. You didn't have to be good. You don't have to be good to do what we do, but people who are dedicated to it and people really who took it seriously. And I, I was probably like 13 years old when I was asked to be part of a spirit rescue circle. And that's like a paranormal, like a little paranormal investigation. Of course, I mean, you didn't use any of the, you know, meters that we use, but you use seance and you use uh, dowsing rods and you use all sorts of things of that nature. And it was the whole idea was to get together and contact, do this contact work and help the spirit that may be, in, you know, I won't say infesting, it's a wrong word for it, but maybe self-landlocked into a location. Help it go on so that the family is at ease. The spirit is at ease. And that's where mediumship comes in because that's our job. Mediums are to be of service to the living as well as the other side. And I was probably, I was a young teenager when they asked me to be part of that. And that stuck. Patty, that stuck. I always remember, I remember being in these, some of these places and, and seeing, you know, things slide off the table and, and. And I got dripped on by something, you know, there was nothing on, you know, you know, over the top of me. I don't know what it was. It was a gooey, like clear substance. I always remember that, you know, and this was all things that these were all things that we had a chance, you know, that I got a chance to experience. And then of course, I mean, uh, you know, direct voice phenomena and hearing this stuff and, and being touched and poked in that. And I didn't get scratched until like years later when I was doing like negative cleansing work, but be able to go and help. And it just opened my eyes to the fact that there's something beyond, you know, this life, you know, we're just, you know, we're caterpillars, you know, the minute, the minute that that heart stops and the brain stops functioning, boom, we're going to, you know, this energy goes on. Einstein and and physics teaches that, uh, you know, energy, energy doesn't die. It just changes form. And I am a huge proponent of that spirit energy, magical energy, intent energy. That's how 
for us in order for us to live properly. We use that. We harness that energy. And that is what is so wonderful about it. And that's, that's how I ended up getting into paranormal investigation. Next thing I know, I'm asked to be, well, you want to do, you know, you want to do some mediumship. You want to kind of, you know, figure out where things are going. Sure. Next thing I know, I'm getting like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm spending thousands of dollars on, on equipment because it fascinates <laughs> me. Yeah. Oh, the, you know, this whole thing fascinates me. So it's like, you just get suckered into like that. You know, you, you just need more. You need, you need these little, these little aids to just keep that curiosity going. And there's nothing better than that. I was just telling you about that bell that was ringing in, in, in my house. And it's like, you know, it's like, okay, I understand how this works. Oh my God. And it's working, you know? So it's like, you know, I, lo I like the confirmation. I love the bell. It's like a little hotel bell, but it's like an EMF meter. Right. Um, old school too. I'm yeah. seance, me, dowsing rods. But what I like about the, and I'm not very technical, but that's why your bell looks great. But uh, what I like is it gives confirmation. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I could be saying for years, oh, the ghost is crossing their arms in front of their face. You believe me or you don't believe me. Yeah. Now there's a guy with an SLS camera in the other room who can't see me I, with a little green stick figure where the, exactly. the spirit is crossing exactly. their arms. It's like, oh, yes, that's what it is. So it builds the validation great. for people. Because, you know, your modern paranormal investigator or, and I do a lot of, I've been doing a lot of this year, I did a lot of charity work for locations and stuff like that. And, you know, when you go out there and you're doing charity work and you're doing the, the, the public ghost hunts, people who are either, they're some paranormal investigators or they're not at all. They love to see the lights go off and they love to see that, you know, the, the screens and the stick figure, they love to see that confirmation. And to me, it, it's satisfying to me because you and I know that this stuff is there. You and I know what's going on around us. We can feel it. It's going in our brain. You know, it's like all this stuff, like thousands of things hitting us, but yet nobody else sees it. Nobody else gets that experience. And if you're not a psychic or clairsentient or strongly clairsentient, you're not going to get that. But when this stuff happens, it just validates that there's something out there. And you know what's great about it? I have gotten so many more people that have at least tried going to like spiritualist churches or have tried to go to yes. covens or, or have tried to go to like metaphysical classes because they came in and they saw that they heard what I had to say. And then they came in and they experienced it and they were like, wow. And it opens, it expands their minds. And that's, what's important. That's, what's important. That we are, because we both do a lot of paranormal con conventions mm -hmm. and things at Paracons. And that's what I noticed because people, we, we know that times are scary. Tables have always been scary and yeah. like, they've always yes, been scary, but yes. now they're scary for seven bombardment pandemics and wars so people traditionally would go back to their faith go back to church or temple right. or mom, exactly. whatever. that's not working for everybody so again the alternative witchcraft new age so new alternative that's great some people don't even want that i don't want spirituality i don't want religion but i want to know there's something more than this i want to know if we get blown up tomorrow or the aliens land i want to know that there's they're becoming paranormal investigators they want to go on a ghost hunt exactly what you said and then they go and then they see it's real and then they'll backdoor into a, a belief system that helps guide right, them it's right it's like the religion people get pulled into these things and and you know what i always tell people i always tell my students because i always get students that come in and they're like you know they're 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 really you know rooted in 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 a religion and i said to him i said listen it's a universal truth what we're experiencing are universal truths the all the only differences is that, and I've had these I've had these discussions with exorcists that I've worked with. The only difference is the names was what we call them, and I had a phenomenal. A, I went to this phenomenal lecture years ago, and it was given by a former Jesuit theologian from Georgetown University, and the question came up was, mediumship is it evil? Right. He stopped. He took a breath. He looked at us and he said, if you want to know what true mediumship is, read the life of the saints. Go ahead. Just read the life of the saints. And he goes and then compare it to what you've experienced and what you know. I looked at him 
And all of a sudden it was like, you know, I had the bulb over the top of my head glow because it was like, oh my God, it's all the same. It's just called different stuff. That's all. That's all it is. And I always tell people religion is created by man, usually to control the masses. It always starts off good, but control always comes in because man is built that way. But spirituality is something that is a covenant between you and what your true core beliefs are. And it doesn't mean that you have to go to church or you have to do this or you have to worship or whatever. I mean, I just, my wife and I just took an hour walk in a nature preserve before I came on the show. And to me, that's a church. And you know yourself, that's many right. of the natural, natural faiths, a lot of the traditional craft faiths are all based in nature. And to me, to go out there and spend that time and to watch a sunset or a sunrise, that's true. That's true religion. That is me. We are, we are like the same person. <laughs> but you listen, you got better, uh, listen, you got better hair than me. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, no, I, that is my church too. I get out up to Lake Hollywood every day, count the deer. Just mm -hmm. That is my religion. But yeah, it's just an, it's just a different template to me. You want to put in a general Christian template. You want to put a new age. You want to put a witchcraft or pagan template. My, my grandfather was this famous atheist humanist mm -hmm. philosopher very oh. academic and he wrote he's he was a scholar you know educated in every religion scholar but he came from a none of it is real perspective versus i come from a, everything is real you find it out with what it, whatever but i read his works now and it's like oh grandpa you believe the same thing you just use science words and academic yep. words but those universal yes. truths are the same mm -hmm. exactly. you know it's whatever works for you to navigate your life yes religion turned into control of the masses but i think spirituality and however you want to choose it is so you can navigate exactly you know? and that's a problem too many people are pablum fed and i always say and again you don't ever throw the baby out with the bathwater because i get a lot of christians and i've worked with christians and i loved i loved working with i had a pentecostal that i used to work with and they used to put him with me whenever they were mad at me because they thought they were punishing me but it was great because i knew I was going to work with them the next day. So I would go and find something in the Bible that I really wanted to talk to him about. Like, okay, let's talk about this. What about this crucifixion? Well, what about the resurrection? Let's talk about the resurrection. Well, he would go on and on and I would learn from him. It was great. And, but you know, it, when I retired, he said to me, cause I'm going to really miss talking to you, you know, because of the fact that every religion has truths to it. And if you can go and you can start bridging those gaps and bridging those absolutes, all of a sudden now everybody's starting to look at it. And all the, you know, and he really sat there one day and said, you really believe in miracles? I said, oh my God, do I ever? I said, miracles happen every single day. The intercession of saints or, 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 you know, praying to a deity. And just because, you know, you have a three in one deity and I have like a thousand deities. It doesn't make a difference. It's all one universal thing. And he, he goes, wow. He goes, yeah. He goes, there's not a whole lot that's differing us. You know, the divinity of Jesus Christ is probably the largest separation that I, I've actually, you know, I've actually experienced with, with, uh, you know, my friends that are Pentecostals and Christians, but otherwise everything else is great. And that's why we all get along. And there's those if you follow those truths, you will never, ever, ever go wrong. You'll never go wrong. You'll just never go wrong. I agree wholeheartedly. That is great. And you, again, going back to the mediumship, you teach people like psychic development and mediumship too. And yeah, I do. I know you're. Yeah. And yeah, you know what? I, I don't teach the one-on-one -on -one classes anymore. And the reason why I don't teach the one-on-one -on -one classes is because, uh, <laughs> to me, it's, it's, it's so commonsensical that it's hard for me to teach somebody how to do it. But once you start doing it, so I like other people to, to get that groundwork in. So I teach mostly now advanced mediumship classes. Like, you know, I love my favorite thing to teach, Patty. My very favorite thing to teach is, okay, we're in a, we're in a historical location. So I'll, we'll go to a historical location and I'll go, tell me what you feel. Who's here? And they'll start describing a person. I said, okay, tell me what they're wearing. And they'll start describing what this person's wearing. I said, okay, now is this person modern or from that time period? He goes, what do you mean? Is this person projecting themselves, this entity or spirit projecting themselves modern or, or authentic? And I'll never forget the look in this one guy's face when I said, 
well, look at his crotch. And he goes, what are you talking about? I said, look at his crotch. Are they, is it a zipper like pants or are they button? Is it a button fly pants? Is it held up with a belt? Is it held up with suspenders? Are the suspenders clipped or are the suspenders buttons? He went, he started describing it. I said, that's how you tell. That's how you can tell true when it, when, when, when you're at that location, it's this entity is didn't happen to come with somebody. This entity, this spirit was there. This is his home. This is where he wants to be. And I love being able to teach them. I love teaching them how to bird dog and, and go through the, go, th you know, go through the house and pick everything up and, and how to douse map douse, you know, how to hit all those, those hot spots. And the other thing, the thing that I most am so proud of myself that we, well, I was part of a team so proud of us that we did this. We found two family graves or graveyards, two small ones that were lost to time. And we first map doused it. So, you know, we held the pendulum and we had a little pointer on a topographical map, figuring out where everything was. And then we zoomed in on that. And then we went boots on the ground with Elrod and we went and we just kept going back and forth, back and forth. And all of a sudden we started getting reactions and we, and we had rebar pokers, iron pokers. And we started, we hit, I always remember the first time I hit that first stone that was under the ground and it went, oh. you know, that to me was great because now we've re, we've been able to go and, 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 you know, reclaim someone's life, you know, someone who lived on this earth. And that to me is, that was great to do. I mean, it's amazing. And of course, you know, it blows my mind. I don't care what, how, and Patty, you're a lot like me because no matter what, when all of a sudden something like that happens. And I call those peak experiences when something like that happens, it's just mind blowing. And you're like, Oh, oh my God, I can't believe this happened. And I get, yeah, I get giddy. I get so giddy. Yeah. You know, you're trying to, you know, I don't want to beat it into my ego and let my, my ego as big as it is. But to, you know, to, when you do that, it's like, Oh my God, I can't believe I, you know, I did this or we did this, or we were a part of a group that did this. So yeah, it's, it's, it's so much, it's just so much fun. And again, this is what comes with keeping that childlike wonderment, you know, not letting go of that because it's so, you know, you know yourself how easy it is to get beat down in this society and, and, you know, we're bombarded by what the world now, which is insane and the politics and every global stuff, the warfare and everything. We need that, that, that childlike wonderment to keep our hope alive, to keep that hope alive, to try to keep that civility that we need to become better people and to evolve better as spiritual people. We need to keep that alive. And that's how you do it. Because those little, those little tiny peak moments, that yeah. is what reinforces it. And that's, you just, you say to yourself, well, you know what? I'm going to make sure that I say, when I see Patty walking into the bank, I'm going to say good morning to her. And I'm going to make sure I open the door for her. <laughs> And that's all it takes. Yeah. yeah no, I, we kind of the same way. Keep that, the spirit of an eight-year-old. I don't ever want to get jaded like, yeah, I did that. You know, how boring is that? You know, exactly. Exactly. And you know what? You know what, Patty? It's, it's great because you, you're, you're a, a huge influence on me. You're a huge influence on me because I watch you and I see what you do. And I, I know, you know, we're friends now. You know, we get a chance to talk and stuff once in a while. And I get a chance, you know, to know your backstory and what you're doing and how you're doing everything. And I come back home and I say, what a slacker I am, because look what my friend, my friend Patty is doing all this stuff. And then that inspires me to sit down and, you know, do what I'm doing. Or, you know, I'm currently writing a, a, a short chapter on scrying for my friend Marla Brooks for her, for her next book. And I'll sit down and, and I'll, I'll, I'll outline something or, you know, and, and I think to myself, my God. If Patty can do all this stuff, I'm retired. I can do this stuff. <laughs> no. so, yeah, yeah. I, well, I don't think you're a slacker, Tim. I don't think anybody would see a picture of Tim Shaw goes slacker. <laughs> no, you are not a slacker. Uh, Thank you. No, I, get, I love that you're a collector. I'm not, but I have one haunted doll and one thing that was too haunted I gave to Zach for his museum. But we both are Ouija board people. I, so I just got one. As a matter of fact, I got to tell you this story. So I'm a big believer that some things are attached to Ouija boards and then some things are attached to objects. So normally, normally, Patty, I will go and I will take these objects and I will leave them outside in the sun. Johnny Zaffis has gone and 
he's taught me that leave it out in the sun for a few hours. It just calms it right down. And then of course, I mean, you can bless it or whatever. So yesterday, my friend and I were out and I found this nice little, this nice Ouija board. You know, it's a blue ghost Ouija board, but it's probably from the sixties. You know, it's made up in, it, it, it's one of the ones that was made up in Salem, you know, by Parker brothers. I bring it home, leave it in my garage. I should have put it out in the sun, but I didn't left it in the garage. Had a weird feeling about it. Had a weird feeling about it. But I said, well, you know, it'll be all right for now. My poor wife backed into my car. My poor wife backed into my car. Then after we get, you know, everything all straightened out, you know, I mean, there's some damage on both vehicles, but I mean, they're drivable, you know, it didn't, you know, and thank God, you know, thank you so much that, you know, everybody is safe, you know, and it's only money, you know, well, the insurance will take care. Our cable box blows out. I went. Hmm. What have I brought into the house that may have changed things? So guess what's outside right now in the, in the sun, sun, getting getting cleansed. You know, and then when I'm done with, it, you know, when I bring it in, I'll I'll do a blessing on it. But yeah, you know, it's like it's funny. You don't, you know, sometimes you take these things for, you know, you know, granted. And I'm one of those people that, oh, this is a neat piece. I get a good vibe off of this, and you know, I I collect a lot of Victorian stuff, a lot of Victorian hair art and jewelry and. And I've got, you know, you know, somebody dug up an old coffin and the, and the, and when the handle fell off, so they sent it to me, you know, stuff like that. And I, I'll put it in my cases, you know, and just, you know, I don't even think twice about it. And every so often something comes back and says, Hey, Tim, you ought to be, start being a little more careful what you're doing. So yeah, there you go. There, so, there, 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 there's a lesson right there that I had to learn again. No, I do like that excuse. Next time I hit a curb or bump into a little... It was my new Ouija board. No, I didn't do the that. Ouija board made, really the Ouija board made me do it. Made me do it. Yeah, yeah. No, I had this one piece. It was like a, a, a voodoo thing, but I had had it for two years and it was fine. All of a sudden, I noticed one day, it's like, why am I not staying in my office? Why do I want to take my computer upstairs? Mm -hmm. Why do I? I love my office. I don't love my... And I looked around. I said, oh, do you? It's you, it's you. I know it's, well, it's you. you. So I don't need that in my house. So, so I just called Zach Bagans and I go, I have this thing. Do you want it? He goes, give me a picture. And I showed him a picture. Go, ooh, that's a nail fetish. Hate God. Yeah, I want it. Took it to the museum, gave it to him, and it started acting up that night. But it's got a good home now. That's not. Mine. I have three of those. As a matter of fact, I have three. And yeah, yeah I have three of them. And uh, I'll tell you why I don't think I have a problem with a lot of my stuff is because I speak a lot on haunted objects. So I take, I take stuff with me. So basically what's happening is these objects are going on road trips, you know? Well, that and I think, and I talked to a lot of people, but I talked about, talked to Johnny about it. And my friend, Kelvin Von Crush, who's an atheist, but he's a oddities collector. He loves stuff like this. We all kind of came to the agreement that I think if you love the stuff, I think because everything is live, you know, I, I, I believe that everything is living, everything's vi and vibrant, you know, vibrating and has a frequency. And I think if you sincerely love this stuff, love the collection of it, love the, love the object, know that, you know, that the, that I think, I believe that the, the, the very essence of that object can feel that, that most of the time it won't go and kind of build up every so often it'll you know like what happened to you i get that every so often you know i get stuff that move it moves in my you know one of my shelves or my cases or something but every so often you know you kind of you got to kind of just reinforce it and i have a feeling like the board that i was just talking about i have a feeling that the board was abused in some way you know i think the i think i think that's what it was and it's like, and to me, it's like an animal that has been abused and you have to bring it back a little bit. You have to show a kindness and you have to say, well, listen, you're coming into my collection. You're not going to go anywhere. You're going to be one of, I think you're number 86 in my board. I think it's, I think it's 86. You're going to be in there. Yes. You, you'll probably be going into it. You know, one of my foot lockers for now, you know, and if I do give you away, it's going to be given to someone who will respect you uh, and someone who really wants you. So that's the way it kind of works. And, you know, for life of me, that's why I think what happened. I think it was, I think it was just the influence. I think it just kind of happened. Now I got, and I got to also tell you something that was really neat. So I put it outside and I go and I'm doing stuff around the house. And I came back in the garage 
I smell chocolate. I never smell chocolate in my garage. Gas, yes. You know, gasoline, old rotting, you know, some, you know, leaves, old grass, chocolate. It was the strongest, like hot cocoa that I've ever smelled. And I said to my wife, I said, is there anything in the garage that, you know, maybe you brought out there? She goes, geez, no. I said, I, I smelled hot chocolate. I walked outside, didn't smell, came back in it. And it was just a whiff. And I think what it was, was whatever was with that Ouija board, I really think that it kind of felt, I think it feels like more at home. And I think it understands now that it doesn't have to be defensive. It's not going to be in some, you know, you know, some basically, basically I found it in, uh, in an antique co-op and it was just like, they were just like the booth. They just wanted to get rid of it. And what? that's what it was. So I got, it's, sometimes you get those, you get those little, I guess, little oomphs, you know, where it kind of goes and says, well, Ooh. hey, you know? Well, yeah. And I would probably have a complex if I was a Ouija board. Everybody hates you and he thinks you're evil and all this. It's like, I'd have a total inferiority complex. And, ah. and even, I, I, even, yeah. So and now again, it has a good house. It's loved. It's appreciated there. It gets to act up and they get excited by mm -hmm. it. Not in my own. And also, so there's got to, I've got to do some repair work on it. I got to do some rehab work on it. So, you know, it'll be, it'll be right back to where it was. And I have some old plushies that I can put with it. And it's got the box. It's got the blue ghost box on there and, you know, still with it. So it's really, to me, it's a great piece. So it's going to be respected here. And I think that's a big, I think that's a big clue. And, you know, it's funny that sometimes like what happened to you, things will be dormant for so long and then flare up. It's like hauntings, just like hauntings, right person, right place at the right time for whatever reason it activates and there's no rhyme or reason. I have no idea why it happens, but it happens. So you did the right thing. It's going into a museum where other people can enjoy it. That was the right thing. Maybe it was time. Maybe it was just trying to tell you, Hey, maybe it's time for me to go on. You know, maybe it's you wanted a bigger stage. Exactly. You, a bigger stage. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. you don't know. Wow. Cause again, every piece is to, to me has got its own identity, its own personality. So who knows? And I, and, and like I say, down here, it's great because, you know, I don't, it's, it's, it's not really, I don't, I call it a museum, a collection, but it's not really a museum. But when friends come over there, they come here there. I don't show it to people who are looking for a thrill ride. I sh only show my collection to people who I know appreciate it. And when they come down there, there, it's that, and I love it because that's that sense of wonderment, like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> Where did you get this? This is beautiful. You know, right down to like the autopsy tools and, and, and that sort of stuff. That is good. Yeah. And I think the word that you said about all of it is respect. Yes. Respect. Because everybody wants to be respected, whether you're a human or a spirit or a Ouija board or a thing. Exactly. And I, I think when you have respect that they're, you're going to be okay with everything. And I think what people don't have respect is when trouble happens. Exactly. Really. And I mean, I've even been places like, I, is that ghost abuse? I'm not sure. What are they expecting? You know, it's, there should be a hotline for that. Well, you know, I mean, and, and here's the other thing. The other thing that I've, I've found in my research and my own workings in negative cases, all of a sudden, everybody wants to do battle with everything. Everybody wants to get out there, you know, St. Michael, give me a spear. Let's go, you know. And in retrospect, what I found is that most of these entities want to be understood. They want to, you know, they want to get their message across. And usually not a violent way, but, you know, it, sometimes it happens, but they want to get that message across, but mostly they want to be forgiven. They want to be forgiven for doing this. They want to be forgiven for their lives. They want to be, they want to know that they can go on. They can leave this earth plane pure, pure. I always call it just pure of soul. And I always tell people, can you, can you actually just forgive whatever it is in this house? for scaring you, for doing, I'm telling you, it is amazing. It is the biggest thing. Listen, I, Patty, you know me, you know, when it, when it comes to clearing this, this, this kid like <laughs> runs into these things head first, you know, and I've got all the little, you know, the spells and the rituals and everything I need to do. And all the, you know, I, I have boxes of crystals that we're going to be burying on the ground. And I have all the, you know, St. Joseph statues and all this stuff. I have found that, that forgiveness is the number one best way 
to wow. go and and settle everything down. And what's neat is when I talk to the when I when I'll talk to a client, I'll say, "How's it going?" Because you got to do the you got of course you got to do your follow up. And they'll say, "Well, it, it's it's been active, but it's starting to lessen. It's starting to lessen. It's starting to lessen." And that's what you want. You may not get rid of everything, but it's going to start to lessen. And sometimes it might amp up because of static electricity or whatever natural yeah. things. But if the if the, if the client is educated on what's going on and is no longer fearful and forgives it and talks to it like a like a human like a human being, whatever this is is no longer going to be in visitation. This thing may go back, you know, to the ethers or or just say okay. And if it's something negative and slimy, it'll say, well, you know, I can't be parasitical here anymore. They're not afraid of me. You know, they're, they're treating me like, you know, like, like a human being, I can't do this. It's not working anymore. So now if it is parasitical, it's going to go find it's, you know, another place. It's going to, you know, like attracts, like it's going to go down some, you know, to, you know, to, to some, you know, I hate to say it, but somebody less desirable. I'll just say that. Yes. Yeah. I get yeah. it. It's not being fed anymore. It wants exactly. fear and wait, Oh my God. The time is, you have to come back really Anytime. soon because that's, you know that Patty. Okay. You know All right. So before we go, though, tell everybody if you have anything coming up, anybody can see you at or in or on or where they can find you online and in this world of the ethers. <laughs> I've only got one thing left this year. I'm going to be doing an open reading day at Paranormal Oddities in Depew, New York on Transit Road. We're going to do that on Black Friday after the Friday after Thanksgiving. And I've I'm off a hiatus. So the Black Cat Lounge is heard every Wednesday. I move. I moved this from Tuesday to Wednesday because I, I'm a gym rat now. So I, I, it's my night off. It's my, it's, it's my rest day. So we're on Wednesdays at seven o'clock and you can get us on Facebook. My Timothy Shaw, just go right on Facebook and find me. I will have, I'm going to, I'm re I'm revamping my YouTube and I've just started revamping my website, which is www.timothytshaw.com. So you can find me over, over there. And otherwise, you know what? If you really want to get a hold of me, take two slices of pizza, put it outside, put it on your porch, and I'll come wandering by. Okay. It's going outside now. You guys, I'm sure everybody loves him like I do now. Like him, follow him, go see him. You have the opportunity. Hopefully next year we'll be doing some things together Hopefully. throughout. Hopefully. And thank you for bringing your magic to the witching hour. Thank you. Friend. Thank you for inviting me. It's been an honor. It's always an honor to be with you. Thank you so much. Yeah. My bathroom buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that sounds, but it sounds good to me.